In today's show, I'm here to talk about the fantasy basketball waiver wire, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Quick disclaimer, I've already recorded this show once and it didn't record, so I am absolutely pissed off. So I'm going to go through and do this waiver wire show again. Hopefully I say the same things that I said the last time. I'm going to re- it was a banger that last show, one of the best shows ever. Unfortunately, you never hear it because it never recorded. Maybe you need to be in here, live studio audience. Anyway, we're going to talk waiver wire players, one eye. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. These are the most added players over the last 48 hours. Remember, I did a show yesterday on week five in the NBA talking about streaming for the week and the value of those guys and the schedule and all that sort of stuff and just everything we talk about here. This is not an exhaustive list. This is not everyone, but what about this player? This is not everyone you need to add or everyone you need to drop. What do I do with this guy? This is not what this is. I'm going to be talking about 45 to 50 players in today's show giving you opinions on them, giving you thoughts on what the trends and way, the way things are happening, but it is not in any sense exhausting, exhaustive. Sorry is the better phrase. Um, be aware of that. Um, so we're going to go this, go through all of this with every show I do. Like nothing is exhaustive. There is, there's 450 players in the NBA. I'm not going to touch on every one of them every single day. So we're talking way boy. These are over the last 48 hours, the most added players. And number one is Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey. Talked about it yesterday. Talked about it for about the last four or five days. He's a top 60 player in under 20 minutes a night. The Spurs have five games and they're all on low volume days. He's the clearest must-add literally, figuratively, of all time. Like, it is the... Sim- and he will drop his permanent production. I can almost assure you of that. I think his assist rate is four times what it's been in the past. His block rate is through the roof. His field goal percentage is sky high. He's pulling in 23 rebounds per 100 possessions. Like this, These numbers are going to drop. But it doesn't actually matter when you've got five usable games for Charlie Bassey and he's going to play 17 to 18 minutes and on now. I don't know what the hell happens long term. Does Pirtle get traded? Maybe. And then Bassey becomes the backup to Zach Collins? Or does Bassey become a 28-minute-a-night top 20 fantasy player? I mean, that sounds outrageous. But maybe it's not. He is still currently the third string center and he is still on a two-way contract. So he can't even play more than 50 games unless he gets converted. But for now, we add him, we ride it, and we just enjoy what's happening here with Goldfinger. It's been really good and I hope you got onto it. Seth Curry is one of the most added players as well. And I get it. The last two games were really good. My concern with Curry is the same concern that I had preseason, although that's changed a little bit, is that where do the shots and minutes come from? Kyrie and KD are going to get theirs, and I thought Ben Simmons would play 30-plus minutes. Now, he's a backup center, which that's another story. We'll talk about maybe he's a drop, well, in this show, but maybe, we'll see. Not dropping him yet. It's getting close, though. But even so, like there's Curry, there's Harris, 
There's Royce O'Neal who's decided he's going to take shots now. Cam Thomas was in the rotation. I don't think that'll be long. Edmund Sumner's the bloody starting point guard at the moment. Does he stay in the rotation when Kyrie returns? Last couple of games from Seth have been good, but is his upside actually top 100? I really doubt that. I think it's more 110, 120 upside. And he's fine to add for now for sure. Kyrie probably isn't back this week. Curry has looked good. But I'm not sure that that's going to be a long-term thing. I'm not. I'm on the fence with it. Malik Beasley is very much the... He's been on this list, I reckon, every week almost because people add him when he has a big game and then he will appear on the most dropped players the, the day later because that's what he does. He's Over the last week, he's been really good. He's hitting tons of threes. I think almost five threes a game at 54%, which we know has no chance of sticking. But unless the threes fall, he doesn't do anything. Steals, assists, rebounds, blocks. I think he's taken two free throw attempts in his last two weeks. In the last seven games, two free throw attempts. He's hit them, but that just doesn't influence that category at all. He's a points and threes guy. And those guys are notoriously fickle. They're up and down all the time. So yes, chase and add Beasley if you like. And you can provide back-end value, but I'm not really buying it as a long-term thing. Kavon Looney, surely this is just an ad because the Warriors play Sunday, Monday, back-to-back. It can't be anything else. He should not be a 12-team league must-roster player. Uh, I can get it in a 14-team league that you might want him on your roster. But that's about it. Like, I don't think that you need to have him as just a staple there. The the back-to-back, no worries. That's about it. Pokushevsky, it was a back-to-back for them as well, Sunday, Monday. They've played their Sunday game at the time of me recording this for the second time. Um, and it wasn't that great for Poku. But I don't think that changes much. We know the Poku plan. 27 minutes, 27 minutes, 28 minutes, 12 minutes, 19 minutes, 27 minutes, 27 minutes, 12 minutes, 27, 12, 17, 27. Like, that's just what happens. And we have to deal with it. Is there logic behind it? Not always. Is there logic behind any of their rotations? Again, not always. But even so, he played only 18 minutes, though. Had 12, 2, and 3 with a steal and a block. And two threes. It's still unbelievably usable. So, yes, he is a must-roster player. Bruce Brown... Really good 37 minutes last game without Bones Highland, and Bones will be out again. So, yeah, Bruce is worth having while Highland's out, for sure. And then we get to Killian Hayes. Is Killian Hayes one of my most embarrassing draft screw-ups? Probably. I had him, like, number two or number three in that draft, and that looks insane. It makes me look stupid, like, insanely stupid. At least the good thing I can say is I had um, a Kongu ahead of James Wiseman, and I had LaMelo Ball at one, so at least I get something out of it. I also had Devin Vassell at, like, number six in that draft, I look back. So I'm pretty happy with that take. But Killian Hayes at two makes me look like an absolute dickhead, right? He's been useless. But, but, I will say this again, but Killian Hayes um, has played well the last few games. And Kate Cunningham is going to be out for probably the rest of, most of this week. And Hayes has played 34 and 35 minutes the last two games. One of those without Alec Burks. But he scored double digits in three straight games. He had... 11, 6, and 7 with three steals, and 15, 6, and 7 in his, in his two 30-plus-minute games. And that, my listeners, viewers, is a 12-team league player. Could it blow up in our face when he shoots 12%? <laughs> of course it could. It's actually probably likely. But he's an ad. And then Tyus Jones. The simplest equation you will ever find. Jar Morant is out. So Tyus Jones is in to the Grizzlies starting lineup and into your fantasy team. I don't know if Jai will miss Tuesday. In fact, he's still only ruled doubtful for Sunday. He won't play Sunday, though. But will he play Tuesday? I, I don't know. 
That doesn't matter. You add Tyus, much like you added a campaign when Chris Paul went out, and we added Davion Mitchell when Darren Fox went, goes out. When a starting point guard goes out and there's a clear backup who's going to slide into his role, you add them. And that's what you do with Tyus. And then when Jar comes back, you say, see you later. Dennis Smith, anyone heard of him? Yeah. And now yeah, we're going to talk about him in a second. But these are the obvious ads. You add Tyus, and we figure it out later. When Jar's back, we drop him. Simple equation. It's why you have a stream spot. It's why you know who your worst player is. So you can move on and grab that temporary value from a player like Tyus Jones. There's no temporary value in these guys, though. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Hiring, it can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be certain that you're getting the right person because if you don't, it costs you time, money, productivity, sales, mental health. Get the right person in for your job. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You go in, you create the job simple, straightforward, really easy stuff. And then you go onto your LinkedIn profile and you add the hashtag purple hiring frame so people know that you're ready to get people in, ready to hire. Simple tools like the screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's go to the most dropped players. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. I don't really have much to say about that. Lamella Ball is back. Terry Rozier is back. Dennis Smith's ass can get back on the waiver wire. It was a nice run. Sir, thank you for your, for your service. Um, we will see you when we're desperate for steals next Sunday. Well, that's pretty much what it is here for Smitty. I can't see him carving out a 25-minute-a-night role or being useful enough even in a 20-minute-a-night role to be a 12-team staple player. You say so he's, And he's injured. Like That's the easiest drop of all time. See you later. Cam Thomas. Another one of those ones. We're going to have a few of those ones where I look stupid. Where, you know, uh, Kyrie was suspended, and a few people because they love they love bucket getters. People love people with a bag. Cam Thomas is a bucket getter, so they're like, oh, "I'm going to add Cam without Kyrie." And I go, "I'm not sure about it. I, I don't think he's really a very good NBA player, and I'm not sure he's got a really good fantasy game." And then, of course, the first two games he came out and made me look honestly stupid, and I accept that. And I was like, "Okay, I'm wrong. Add him." And then it all fell apart again because he's not that good, and what he was doing in those first two games was highly unsustainable. Insane free throw rate crazy assist numbers, which is just not his game. And now Seth is back, and Kyrie will be back later in the week, and Simmons is back doing what, whatever he's doing. And I don't think it's worth holding on to Cam Thomas. So while I looked dumb, maybe I was right that he wasn't really a priority ad. Malik Monk, I don't agree with this one. I, I wouldn't drop him. I know that last game wasn't the best for Monk, but like, this is going to happen with these guys. Like, if you're prioritizing, like we talked about earlier, adding Malik Beasley, who can be points and threes, while dropping Malik Monk, who is points and threes plus assists, that doesn't really make sense to me. Like, last game, it wasn't great. Eight points, 21 minutes, three assists. That's fine. He'd had four straight double-digit scoring games before that. He'd had at least four assists in four straight games prior to that. He'd hit at least two threes in four games prior to that. It was a dud game. I think he's a 12-team league player, and I am treating him like that. I have got him... On a lot of my teams, actually. I wouldn't have dropped him. Christian Coloco, easy. All right? 
this is a thing that we have to realize with fantasy as well, is that one game outliers do happen. We saw it with Coloco. And sometimes the timing of those one game outliers skews our perception. Siakam out, next game, Coloco goes big. Okay, here you go. The solution is here. Here is our Siakam replacement. He is now the guy we've got a roster, right? But obviously it wasn't true. But if that game had have happened four games after Siakam got hurt and he'd played 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and then had a five block sh- first half in his fourth game, we'd have gone, ah, oh, that's a weird outlier. But timing is so important. The fact that he had that big game, the first game that Siakam was out, made a lot of people think, ooh, ooh, this is the replacement. But it wasn't. And you can drop him. He's not even starting anymore. That Young started last game. Oh, I don't know if Cloak will come back, but there's no point. Trey Murphy. I like Trey Murphy. I don't like his naming convention, which shout out to Will Guillory of The Athletic, who is uh, making a point to tell people that he is not Trey Murphy the third. He's either Trey Murphy or Kenneth Murphy III, and I couldn't feel closer to another human in my life than when I saw Will tweet that. Fantastic. Anyway, Trey Murphy, I like him. But if his minutes are going to go 28-18, 28-18, this is not a Poku situation where he provides you know, blocks or rebounds and, and multiple other weird categories to hold him in there. Like Murphy's is efficiency with some points and threes. But if I can't rely upon the playing time on a game-to-game basis, the overall average production leaves him like 150th, 160th, and that's not really worth holding. If someone gets hurt, sure, we automatically grab him. If you want to hold him in a luxury position where you can do that, I get it. But the game-to-game variance makes him a really tough hold. Tari preseason. Weird spot to drop him now after getting a ton of steals in the last few games. He is, again, still just luxury, though, because Steven Silas is a bottom three NBA coach. Can you guess who the other three coaches are in my bottom three? I've got four of them in the bottom three because I can't separate how trash they are. Um, Silas is there because we're going to get, like, KJ Martin, who's on this list as well. Uh, You're going to get... Jay Sean Tate, you're going to get 30 minutes of Eric Gordon for fill in the blanks. I, I don't know. Like, that's going to happen. And that means Eason is like the fourth choice forward, fifth choice, because Jabari Smith's there. And he might play 15 minutes a night when they're all healthy. Now, the thing is, I don't know when Jay Sean Tate returns. So Eason is providing enough value. And I do think he will get 25 minutes at some point. Whether it's in March or not, I don't know. But it is purely a luxury stash, and dropping him is totally fine. Same with KJ Martin. He'll have the big game. He'll have the bad game. You don't need to hold through that, I don't think. And then the last one, speaking of bad coaches, is Jalen Duran. You're going to be shocked to know this, that Marvin Bagley returned. And first game back, Duran played under 20 minutes. And Bagley played the same minutes while being a team worst minus 12. Bagley, that is. Now, in the pursuit of transparency, Duran was a second worst on the team at minus nine. And there's not that much difference between minus 12 and minus nine, but it's fun to bag on Bagley because he's bad and he has been bad at every point in his career. And the Pistons made a poor decision to trade for him and then to sign into almost a $40 million guaranteed contract. And then the coach made the bad decision to play him over their potential rookie future starting center. So not only does Duran have to push past Isaiah Stewart to get into value, now he's got this other bloke in his way in Bagley. He has to push past. So do we think that on a bad organization, on a bad team, with a bad coach, with a GM who's badly invested in this bad contract, that Duran's going to push past all of that? I have my doubts. So I do think that he is a uh, player to drop. Let's jack some blokes off. Get that garbage out of here! 
What's the point of a droppable playlist like this? This is just guys, if they're on your roster, you look at them and go, hmm, do I actually need to hold this player? Most of this applies to 12-team leagues. The top of the list is more for categories. The bottom is more for points, but we'll talk about the differences here as well. But these are guys that are on your roster, and you go, hmm, Charles Bassey is out there on the wire, and I have the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Is it actually worth me holding on to this bloke while missing out on a potential big boost this week? And the answer to these guys on this list is no. Like, is the upside high enough? Is the value consistent enough? The answer, again, is likely no. Now, you do not have to drop Harrison Barnes. Hold him if you want. But what for? What's the excitement? What's the upside? Sure, he'll have a game where he has 20 points on seven shots, and then he'll have six points on 12 shots. And all the while doing it with no assist deals or blocks, because that's what Harrison Barnes does. So, yeah, like, what's the... This should be just called the what's the point list. What's the point? What's the point of Cole Anthony? If you have him in the injured slot, hold him there. But if you don't, what's the point? A guy who's horribly inefficient, who is not going to lead the team in usage with Paolo and Franz, who's might, who might not start when he's got to compete with Suggs and Fultz. Like, what's the point? He is still rostered in tons of leagues, and I don't imagine that it's just all being stashed in injured reserve. John Wall. Again, this might fit certain teams. Assists have been good. Steals have been solid. Points, threes, rebounds, field goal percentage, free throw percentage, all either below average or bad. And that hurts a lot in a category league. I don't think that John Wall is pushing and becoming a 31-minute-a-night starter. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to sit and oscillate between 23 and 27 minutes, just going back and forward and back and forward. And that, with so much destruction in some of those categories, probably isn't worth it. But if you are just desperate for the assistance deals, then it makes sense on your team. But have a look. Are you holding him because his name is John Wall and you remember him being John Wall four years ago? Is that why you're holding him? And you're looking and going, Reggie Jackson's bad and John Wall is John Wall, so John Wall is going to start. Because I would disabuse you of that notion. I just don't think it's going to happen. And like I've detailed already, I could be really wrong. I didn't think Cam Thomas was a pickup. I thought Killian Hayes was good. And I was wrong on both of those things. Sort of wrong on Cam Thomas. So I could, be, I could be wrong on this. And John Wall could very easily start and play 32 minutes a night by the time we hit December. It feels highly unlikely to me. So that's why I'm putting him in the jack list. And then Dylan Brooks. Now, don't drop Dylan Brooks before Sunday because Jar's out, Desmond's out, JJ's out. JJJ is out, actually. Um, and Brooks might honestly take 35 shots. He might score 20 points on 35 shots, but he might take 35 shots. And the volume that he provides you on Sunday will be useful enough. But after that, what are we bothering with? He goes from third offensive option to fourth offensive option when, when Jaron Jackson returns. He fouls out of every game. He jacks too many shots and he's inefficient. There's no point for him in a 12-team league. The next four are all guys that I think are jackable in um, points leagues. Again, I think, I think there's a little bit of value in jacking them in categories as well. But we'll talk about them individually. Herbalife Jones. He's just, there's no upside for him in a points league. He's not going to become a 16-point-per-game scorer. He's not. He might be a 12-point-game scorer, and his value is in steals and, to a lesser extent, blocks. And that really doesn't matter that much in a points league. It matters in a category league, and he can be valued for that. But I wouldn't even see that he's a guaranteed must-roster 12-team category league player. He's fine to hold, and he's more valuable there than points, but you don't need to hold him in a points league. Monte Morris. I'd say he's jackable in both formats, really. What's he doing? Nothing. 
He's getting outplayed by Jordan Goodwin. Yes, D-line's still a way away, but when Beal comes back, that's not helping Morris. I, there's literally no upside, I don't think, in holding onto him. Jaden McDaniels. Again, his value is coming because he's getting steals and blocks. Category leagues, that puts him there. Points leagues, he's either going to foul out in 18 minutes or he plays 35 and he'll have 20 points and then score seven. Like, he is all over the shop. He doesn't rebound the ball. He scores sometimes. And the minutes are variable. In a 12-10 points league, I don't think that he's a must-roster guy. And then Malik Beasley, which we talked about earlier. His value is coming from hitting a lot of threes. And in points leagues, again, this depends on your format. Well, my league gives a bonus for threes. A, it shouldn't. B, okay, I can't accommodate every single points league format out there. It's just, it's literally impossible to do. And people ask, yeah, why don't you talk more about the fantasy points someone scores? Because as I, I did a poll on this in the preseason, when I asked you, do you play Yahoo Standard or ESPN Standard or Custom Scoring? And it was like 40% custom and 30% the other two. So no matter what I do, I'm never catering to a majority of points league players, which are already in a minority of fantasy players anyway. So I, yeah, and I do try to focus a, a bit on Yahoo points scoring, but there's just so many variations that people do is that giving out individual fantasy point numbers don't actually matter to, you know, 70% of the audience, 80% of the audience maybe. Um, but anyway, Malik Beasley. If you don't have the three-point bonus and you're dealing with Yahoo standard points leagues, like he's just a fringe player. He's not a must-roster guy, and it's the same in categories. You stream him in when when you need it, but otherwise, he's just not a guy that you need to hang on to under all circumstances. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net, the number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. I would say you could go and have a look to see the odds of the Miami Dolphins winning the Super Bowl, but they've got to be favorites by now, surely. You can go check that and tour MVP odds. They're going to be right up there. But you can also check the Sunday night game between the Chargers and the Niners, where the Chargers are seven and a half point underdogs. Can Eckler get his two TDs again? Can they pull off the upset in San Francisco slash, slash Santa Clara? I don't know. But Ben Online's got all that info for you. All of the professional and amateur leagues out there, football, basketball, soccer, even esports. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go through some must-roster players. These are guys that if they are sitting somehow, just I recorded the show already, but somehow my second go-around is going longer. I don't know how that's possible. Anyway, must-roster players. These guys are all available in over 20% of leagues. That's They're all available in over 20%. And they are, to me, Top 100 guys, rest of season. The first four names are for category leagues. The second four are for points leagues. There's some overlap. Kelly Linick, Jared Vanderbilt Bar, Mike Conley. People don't believe in the Jazz. Oh, they're going to tank. They're going to rest them. They're going to trade them away. All right, even if that was true, it doesn't matter. These guys are producing. Just add them. Just use them. Just make sure they're not on the waiver wire. The other name to look at there is Josh the Hitman Hart. People love a one-game overreaction to fantasy. After the Knicks game today... Someone said, hey, what do I do with RJ Barrett? Like you do literally nothing. He, for the first time in his career, had been playing well. was like a top 100 player over the last two weeks. And then he stunk today. What do you do? Nothing. Josh Hart shot like 20% last game, maybe even worse. Still a top 100 player. Man, I've got to drop him. No, you don't. No, you don't. But people have. And people don't realize the contributions that Josh Hart brings. So he's a must-roster player. But... He's available. So go and add him. And these guys, I'd say these four points league guys are actually must roster in category leagues as well. 
but they're more so in points leagues. Jaden Ivey, he's available in like 25% of leagues. Jalen Suggs, definitely more must roster in points than he is in categories, but still, yeah, get him. Josh Hart is there again. And Jabari Smith Jr. He's not all the way there. But last game, what, 15 rebounds, two blocks? The shooting's still not there. But this is a top 75 upside player. And it is rough. It's very rough. But we're seeing it. The last two games are better. And it's getting there and it's getting there. And that's great. That's what we want. Let's talk about some hot players. Number one, Kelly Oubre. Number two, Serge Barker. Number three, Ricky... Ru- I'm, hang on, I'm just being told that's not what hot players means. These are players, actually, that are in the top 100 over the last week. Do we do anything with it? Let's start in Milwaukee. Javon Carter and Grayson Allen. Yes and no. If Drew and Giannis remain out, then sure. If Drew and Giannis return, then absolutely not. There's no way we're holding... We have got four weeks of evidence of Javon Carter and Grayson Allen starting next to Drew and Giannis. And to be kind to it, they were shithouse. Did those guys go out? They play big. That is, that's not rocket science to figure out what the common denominator between those two um, levels of performance is. Drew and Giannis are out. You add Carter and Allen. Drew and Giannis return. You drop Carter and Allen. Straightforward. Jordan Goodwin. He's probably more of a 14-team league ad, but he's playing well. I don't know what will happen when Beal returns, so that's something for us to watch. But the numbers are really good. KJ Martin's been a top 100 player. I, I, I really don't buy that for KJ as a, as a must-roster guy. Sure, stream him in. But I feel like he's really capped in what he can do, and, I, and I'm not sure that it's worth it. Norman Powell, getting better, but there is a chance that Kawhi returns this week, and the same problem's going to exist. Reggie, John, Norm, Luke, Terrence, Paul, Kawhi, they're all fighting for the same shots in minutes. And Powell has been dreadful nearly all of the season. I think he's almost got a 25-minute cap on him. And while he has been good, and you can add him and roll with it if you want, I'm not that convinced. George Niang, top 100 over the last week, so he had seven threes in one game. Ignore it. Taylor Horton Tucker, top 100 over the last week, so he had 11 assists. Ignore it. These are deeper league guys. 14 teams for Taylor and 16 teams for Niang. And then there's Andrew Nembhard, who, for reasons only known to Rick Carlisle, is starting in Indiana. But that makes him at least a 14-team league guy. He's obviously in the top 100 mix here over the last week, but I wouldn't be rushing in 12s, but he at least pushes into being a streaming option for us. And before we go, some other names that are worth discussing. In Toronto, Chris Boucher. Two big games the last two with Siakam and Achua out. He is inconsistent. We know this, but the opportunity is there and you should add him. Thad Young is an interesting ad. If he does start over Coloco again, I'd be more bullish on adding him. But taking a chance now and seeing what happens, no problem at all. We know that Thad can produce. Larry Nance, this is not a a trend. This is not a fad. This is not a fluke. This is not a blowout. This is not an injury. This is not a foul trouble situation. This is that Larry Nance is better than Jonas Valanciunas for what the Pelicans need. So therefore, he plays more minutes than Jonas Valanciunas basically every single game. He scored 22 last game. I think he's a 12-team ad. If he gets hurt, you drop his ass. It's really easy to me. Jalen Williams, the Bronco. Broncos country, let's ride. He's played 30 minutes in two of the last four games. He had an 11-assist game in there. I don't think he's a 12-team league ad. We're watching it. I think he's better than Lou Dort personally. I think he should be getting minutes over Lou Dort, but I know they won't do that, and I know I'm in the minority in saying that. I know that. But... There's no point holding on to Jalen Williams at this point. It's a very luxury stash, and you should be luxury stashing him behind like a Tari Eason, who's a better luxury stash. With the Spurs schedule this week, 
Zohan now. Yep, Jeremy Sohan, five games. 26 to 28 minutes a night, I would guess. Maybe he sits, I don't know. But he's good at The big stiffy Bones Highland is out, but he'd been playing really well prior to that. I'm still on the fence about his long-term 12-team league appeal, but sure, no problem. And then we had the two Knicks players who played really well today. And I've got to mention them. Cam Reddish started in today's game, and Tom Thibodeau, who, again, occupies one of those spaces in my bottom three worst coaches, along with three other guys, because I can't separate them, decided that Reddish was going to play Big minutes today, and Reddish and Randall would play with the bench guys to help them come back. They still lost by 10 points against the visiting Oklahoma City Thunder, but Reddish had 26 points with four steals and a block. It's undoubtedly a really good game. It's his first good game since opening night, and he started a lot of these games, and he's been trash in most of them. I'm not chasing this Cam Reddish performance. Much like I'm not chasing the Emmanuel Quickly performance, who had 24 points with five assists. I think Quickly's really good, but Tom Thibodeau has a reluctance to play him in those minutes. Quickly should just start. Like, what are we doing with Reddish? What are we doing with Fournier? Why are we playing these guys? But he won't. So quickly, we'll have this 23-minute role. He'll play 22 minutes next game. He'll probably shoot two of nine for 12 points or five points or something. And it's just not reliable enough. Like it isn't with Reddish. Like it isn't with Grimes. Like it isn't with Fournier. Like it isn't with any of these players with Thibodeau. It's just all over the shop. And he's absolute, like, yes, he benched Fournier, but he also played him another 20 minutes today despite him going scoreless and missing all five of his shots. Can't quit the nonsense. So don't get too sucked in on those two Knicks players. And that will do it for me today for the second time on this show. And hopefully this one recorded okay. But if it didn't record okay, you'll never know. Guys, thank you. Uh, what, what am I going to say? Now, nah, find me. Subscribe, follow, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, and on YouTube, you thumb it up, you leave your comments. Guys, we're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>